You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. In John 16, 13, and he says, however, when he, notice that, when he, not it, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he, not it, will guide you into all truth. For he, not it, will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he, not it, hears, he, not it, will speak. Come on, we all really all should be happy. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Of course, we know this is past tense because he has came. And he dwells within many of us on today. But notice again, Jesus was speaking at the present time to his disciples And he was revealing something about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, which is still true today. That being the first clause. However, when he, now notice Jesus calls the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. And when he has come, because he's the spirit of truth, He will guide you into all truth. And because the Holy Ghost is God, we need to recognize about him that he is perfect. He is perfect. So we don't just have somebody leading us, but we actually have someone leading us who is perfect. Now notice the job of the Holy Ghost is to guide. The job of the believer is to follow. Come on, y'all. The job of the Holy Ghost is to guide. The job of the believer is to follow. And our guide, being God, again, is perfect. And so I want to speak to you this morning from the subject, the perfect guide. I want to talk about the perfect guide. If you don't mind, look at a neighbor and tell your neighbor the subject this morning. The perfect guide. And if you have him, just tell somebody, I have the perfect guide. Look at one more person, tell him or her, I have dwelling in me the perfect guide. All right, let's give our Lord a tremendous hand of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, we can do a little bit better. For after all, we are clapping to him. I want to break down our topic, definitions for our topic. Number one, when I talk to us about the perfect guide, again, we recognize the Holy Ghost as God. Now, a lot of people in error 
when it comes to speaking about God the Father, Jesus the Son of God, and the Holy Ghost, a lot of people error when they look at God as being a trinity. You know, a lot of people will look at the Godhead and they will refer to him as the trinity. But biblically or theologically, and the word theologically just has to do with theo, that which is of God, from a theological standpoint, from a ecclesiastical standpoint, that means from the church, we have to understand that God is not a trinity. Because the word trinity in and of itself suggests three, but three that are separate. And see, we never want to look at God as being a person who has split personalities. We don't ever want to look at God as if, again, he represents himself as three, but the three are totally separate. And that's what Trinity means. Again, the word Trinity means three, but separate. We want to look at God as he has revealed himself to us through the Holy Scriptures. So that means that God is not a trinity, but he is the triune God. Triune simply means that he presents himself as three, but the three are one. Because even in the Old Testament, Israel was told that, Behold, the Lord our God is one God. He is one God. He presents himself again as God the Father, known as our Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Son of God, God coming in the flesh, God walking upon the earth, according to, I believe it is what John 1, round verse 14, the Bible said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. When the Bible talks about the word or Christ becoming flesh, that means Christ was born of a virgin. He literally walked the earth. Our Savior literally walked the earth as 100% human. At the same time, he was 100% man. He was the God man. He was Emmanuel. Come on, somebody. God with us. And so when we look at it, we also know the Holy Ghost, just like Jesus was God in the flesh, the Holy Ghost is God indwelling in the believer. And so the Holy Ghost, again, is God. The Holy Ghost should never be referred to as a thing or it, because being God, he is a person. This is a reason he takes upon him the pronoun he. He is God. Are y'all with me so far? Number two, it's important to understand about the Holy Ghost, what makes him perfect, again, him being God, is that he is omniscient. The Holy Ghost is omniscient. What does that mean, Pastor? I want you to understand three things. Number one, the Holy Ghost has all knowledge. The Holy Ghost has all understanding and the Holy Ghost has all awareness. See, when we have the Holy Ghost, we have the perfect guide because when it comes to him doing 
what Jesus said he would do in guiding us into all true, he can do it because he knows everything. He has all knowledge about everything. The Holy Ghost didn't just come to give us knowledge, watch this saints, about church things only. But when the Bible says he has all knowledge, there is nothing here from the Holy Ghost. So there is no subject that he cannot help us with. Come on church, there is no problem that he cannot solve for his people because he has all knowledge. He has knowledge about family. He has all knowledge about marriage. He has all knowledge about finances. Come on y'all, he has all knowledge. He has all understanding. And then finally, he has all awareness. There is nothing that we could tell the Holy Ghost that he is not already aware of. You know I'm happy about that. That says he's aware about what's happening inside of your home. He is aware of what's happening on your job. I need to break it down. He is aware of what you have in your checking. He is aware of what you have in your savings. Come on. He is aware of people who don't like you. He is aware of people who's trying to hurt you. He is aware of those who's trying to set you up. Somebody ought to be happy because he alone is aware of everything. Watch this. That concerns me. He's aware. There is nobody who knows us like God. Nobody knows us like God. Again, there's nothing concerning you this morning that he is not aware of. Young person, he's aware of what's happening on the college campuses. He's aware of what's going on at the schoolhouse. Come on, somebody. He is aware, parents, of what you're dealing with. He's aware of what you're going through in your body. Can I break this down? Even though the doctors would do an extensive x-ray on you from the crown of your head until the soles of your feet, once your doctor has your x-ray with your name on it, he thinks he knows everything about you. But there's still something here from the doctor that the x-ray did not reveal. Because the x-ray will not have written on it by his stripes, you are healed. So there's still something that the doctor do not know. Yeah, somebody ought to be getting happy because you received a negative report. But I'm here to tell you that the Holy Ghost is aware of what's happening inside of your body. Am I telling you not to listen to the doctor? No, you listen to him. But you never think about your doctor that he knows all. He can get some things right. But any doctor can also get some things wrong. Y'all know we've been in the doctor. He said, well, we're, we're going by this. You should be experiencing some, some pain in your lower back. And you'll be like, yeah, my back been, my back been stiff and so forth. I just didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. And, and should be something happening. How, how, how your left leg, your left leg ever getting numb? And see, if you're a truthful person and your left leg never gets numb, you're going to say, no, 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 I ain't having that. That, that, that ain't going on with me right there. Now, I, now I'm not experiencing that. Do, do, do y'all see what I'm saying? 
because the doctor does not know all. He or she is not aware of everything. Right? Only the manufacturer <laughs> is aware of all things. The one who created us. Y'all going to make me preach this morning. He's so awesome that he created us not of the dirt, but of the particles that come from dirt when you throw it in the air. He took the dust and created us. Now, how am I going to listen to somebody who did not create me more than the one who created me? So he is aware. Finally, the Holy Ghost, since he is God, these are some important things that I'm telling us this morning. It also says about him that he's flawless. He's flawless. He is also fail-proof. He's fail-proof. In other words, he cannot error, y'all better hold on, or he cannot get something wrong. I said he cannot get something wrong. I like that, brother. There's no way. That's what makes him the perfect guide. God, I want you to receive one thing. To show the way. To show the way. He's the perfect guy. He's the perfect one to show us the way. Not a way, the way. Being perfect, whatever way he shows, whatever way he reveals, when I follow him, it can never be the wrong way. See, you got to be careful because man will lead you down the wrong way. Oh, y'all shouldn't be acting like that. See, you're immediately thinking about somebody else. I'm not thinking about nobody. I'm thinking about me. I'm thinking about how I've led folk down the wrong, the wrong way. Even from just a simple standpoint, I've been driving and telling the person in the car with me that I know where I'm going. Listen, insisting that they stop trying to help me and let me go where I know I'm going only to pull up and say, this is not it. <laughs> this ain't it. And some of us do like me trying to make a shoe. I know they must have moved. It. And the person be telling you, there ain't no way they moved that big old bill. I told you it wasn't here. And I don't know if y'all have experienced it. I've been in the wrong place, Sister Pam, with the GPS telling me you have arrived. And I'm saying to myself, no, we haven't. This isn't it. But I didn't throw away because I needed it. I just simply re-entered the GPS. Yeah, I named her. I named her. Louise. I say, Louise, you, you don't, you, 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 you ain't having no good day today now. And, and just like I said, we've led people down the wrong road. Where my husband's at? We've led our families down the wrong, the wrong path, doing the wrong, the wrong thing. Right? But one thing we had going for us is that we could just say to the person, now don't be too hard on me. 
Because I don't know everything and neither do you. Is that right? So he can never be wrong. He is the perfect guide. Those who have received him, listen, should follow him. Notice what I said, should. Because sadly in the church, everybody who says they have the Holy Ghost, do not follow him. And that's evident by how so many of us hit and miss. I said that's evident by how a lot of us we hit and miss. But see, once a person matures and learns how to follow the Holy Ghost, you're never going to be wrong. Even if you're in an uncomfortable place, if you're following the perfect guy, it's uncomfortable, yet it's still right. It's still where I need to be. There's still some good coming out of this. Oh, y'all, y'all better come on here. Because every position or place that God set you in our natural mind, it will not appear to be the right place. But that's where we got to trust him like Joseph when we're in a hole. We got to know that he got our back. We got to know he got my side. He got my front. He, he covered me. That's how you go from the from the hole to Potiphar's house, from Potiphar's house to prison, from prison to the palace. See, because he again can never be wrong. So the child of God needs to make it his or her business to follow the perfect guy. And tell your neighbor, when you're following your perfect guide, your opinion doesn't finish it. Your opinion what? Your opinion what? Some of us lying in church because your opinion does matter. And that's the reason you're often disobedient to what he tells you to do. But see, when you're following, again, the perfect guide, my opinion doesn't matter. Why does my opinion not matter, Pastor? Because of what Isaiah said in Isaiah 55 and 8. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our what? Wait, as high as the heavens are from the earth, Isaiah told us that so are our thoughts, so are our ways from his ways. And so if there's that big of a difference, my opinion don't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. I'm not going to move on until y'all agree. At least agree that you're hearing the truth. Your opinion doesn't, doesn't matter. If you pray and God tells you what to do, then you do what he tells you to do. Period. How many times have we got in trouble doing what the Holy Ghost said do, but adding something? How many have ever added something to the instructions? Go and apologize. Simple instructions. Go and let it be known that that was your fault. And we went and started another argument. We went and got something else brewing. 
right? I've been guilty of adding or taking away. But if we know him to be the perfect guy, we don't add to his instruction, neither do we take away. Five things he's going to do that's important. Remember, he's the perfect guy. He's going to show us the way. Number one, him being the perfect guy, we are his followers. We need to let him do five things in particular. Y'all with me? Number one, we need to let him lead. Let him lead. Number two, let him advise you. Nobody can give you advice like the Holy Ghost. Nobody. You know, he'll, he'll advise us about the economy. Yeah, he will. He'll advise you as to whether or not you need to purchase a certain house. He'll advise you if, if that is the house. Sometimes he'll let you know that's the house, that's the starter house. I'm breaking this thing down. He'll advise you like that. This is where you're going to start. This is your starter home. But this is not your destination. This will not be the end of me guiding you to where I want you to live. But see, when he doesn't advise you, you will despise the day of small. I'm, I'm, I'm coming at somebody now. You, you want him to be too big too fast. That's when he needs to advise you. He has to prepare you, oh, teach it, pastor, how to clean up 1,200 square feet. He has to advise you. He's got to teach you how to keep 1,200 square feet clean before he can move you to 3,000. He got to see that you're going to be faithful over a... Oh! He going to watch how you handle the Honda before he puts you in the Porsche. Come on, I'm teaching right. He's watching you. Good God Almighty, you need to shout to somebody. He's watching you. He, oh, you got to tell that to three people. He's watching you. He's watching you. Woo! He watching what you do with a hundred dollars when it's left over out of the week. He's watching you to see what you do with that hundred. So he allow a thousand to be left over each week before. Come on, somebody. I never forget looking for our house that we in now. It's five thousand square feet. At the time we were living in thirteen hundred square feet. Needed to sell it. And couldn't sell it. But I talked to God about it. I said, Lord, seem like we are unable to sell it. The realtor told me, said, the plan is contingent on you selling that house to get this house. But the Holy Ghost advised me to tell the person that I can't sell it, that I'm going to keep it. And if they ask you how you're going to pay for both of them, you should tell her I can do it. I'm talking right. Now, to my mind, Senior Minister Gamble, I didn't think they would take that answer without any proof of what I could do. 
They said, Mr. Carpenter, you still haven't sold the house. I said, we're going to keep it, and we're going to rent it out. They said, how will you pay for both of them? Now I got to do what I've been advised to do. I said, I can do it. This was the person reply, okay then. See, I could have complicated it trying to provide proof, trying to do. See, sometimes we do more than what we need to do. There are certain interviews you need to keep your mouth shut and only say in that interview what he tells you to say. How you interviewing for a big time position in there putting yourself down, talking about what you ain't got. If they don't ask about a degree, don't say nothing about not having a degree. Are you qualified? I'm glad you asked. I want to show you some of my previous work. You be just as calm. This is what I've done in, in the past. These are people that I've collaborated with. And I've also here merged with certain individuals. <laughs> Some things are not working because he's not advising. Lord, no way we should be this unhappy in our marriage and we both say obviously by the frustration on her face when I say certain things I don't know her quite like you do and I'm going to need some advice about the woman you gave me. Because Lord, I'm going to be honest with you, she can be a bit of a headache. Some, not all the time, God. Sometimes. So I'm going to need you to advise me. Ain't no married person in here better be acting like your spouse don't ever get on your... I ain't going to call it last year, but no. There are days me and Donna wake up, we know we love each other, but this is not the day to stay crapped up under each other. This is the day where if you go west, I'm going east. Call me later on. You love them, but when that phone rings and you see them, you... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, we can talk about that later on. Okay. Uh, yeah. Love you too. Oh, okay. Number three, he influences. 
Number four, he teaches. And he is the best teacher. Don't you ever say experience is the best teacher. Because there's something you can experience because you was hard-headed. That you didn't need to experience. But if God gives an experience, then I don't look at it just as an experience, but I look at it as something he ordained. But the best teacher is the Holy Ghost. If you make experience the best teacher, you're saying to yourself that you got to go to hell to see you don't want to be there. Because see, there are some things when we let the Holy Ghost teach us. Man, I'm trying to help somebody. Just like the Holy Ghost is using me to teach this word. If you take heed to it, there are some things you won't experience. There are some roads of pain you don't have to go down. See, I've already gave out good stuff to all different types of folk. But we got to let the Holy Ghost teach us. Finally, we have to allow the Holy Ghost in guiding us to correct us. See, there are times that the Holy Ghost will correct us. In other words, he will say to us, that's not the way. That's not how you do it. That's not how you should respond. That's not what you should say. See, the Holy Ghost corrects us. And if we're following him the way we need to, when he brings correction, we simply adjust or we change. Tell somebody, you don't argue with the Holy Ghost. You simply change. Do y'all receive that? We simply repent, which means to turn. Whatever I did, whatever I said, whatever I thought that was wrong, I change. See, this is what makes the Holy Ghost so powerful. Way more powerful than pastor in and of himself. The Holy Ghost can correct our thoughts. And see, a lot of times what I found out when I allowed him to correct my thoughts, listen to me, out of the abundance of the heart, the mind, the mouth, what? Speak. When I've allowed the Holy Ghost to correct my thoughts, it kept me from saying. I never uttered it. It never came out my mouth. Why? The Holy Ghost corrected my thought process. Come on, y'all. It was him that told me, hey, you ain't looking at that right. And let me tell you something. When you look at a thing wrong, you're going to say the wrong thing about what you're looking at. You're going to judge what you're seeing wrong. How many of you ever looked at something, thought you saw one thing, so you spoke on what you saw? Later on, it was revealed you didn't see what you thought you saw. But you couldn't take back the words. Woo. 
teach us God that you had already spoken. You got an attitude with somebody because you thought they said something in a conversation that they never said. This word hitting home. So you've been mad for weeks having an attitude. Then you finally come back around to where you want to talk about it. And you'll tell the person, well, you know what? When we was last talking, you shouldn't have said what you said. What did I say? You said such and such. I didn't know I didn't say that. I know good and well you said, no, I didn't say that. And then they finally break down what they said. You said, oh, oh, I thought you were saying, no, that ain't what I meant. Oh, man, I've been three weeks upset. I've been three weeks ready to hit you. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We can't slip on him. Look at somebody before we get in the meat of the text and tell him or her, be careful who you follow. Look at somebody else and tell them, be careful who you follow. Now shout at somebody, you can't follow everybody. Could tell your name because everybody don't know where they're going. We finna get in the meat of it and let it go. You can't follow everybody. Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Now, some of us, we should have learned that lesson, but we haven't. You say, Pat, you don't know if I done learned the lesson. Yes, I do, because you're still hanging with the same folk. You ain't learned the lesson. When you know you can't follow everybody, there are certain crowds, there are certain groups, you don't even hang with them no more. They still call, but hey, it ain't like that no more. Right? You recognize I can't follow them. There were certain men, I, I, I didn't hate them, but I knew to be the man I needed to be. I couldn't follow them. I couldn't hang with them no more. We couldn't be as tight as we had been in time past. Or I would never make my destination. I would never fulfill my purpose. Come on. Yeah, there, there are some groups God will be growing you and maturing you to the point to where it's a blessing. But you recognize, even when it comes to family, I just don't fit in here no more. Ooh. I, I, I wonder do y'all know the blessing of not fitting in come on not, not the curse of not fitting do you know the blessing of not fitting in do you know the blessing of not laughing at certain stuff One of the greatest blessings God ever put on me is when I didn't fit in no more. Matthew 15. Now, you got to be careful now because when you do this, especially with kinfolk, they're going to accuse you immediately of thinking you better. Because, see, they know where you come from. And that's all some kinfolk got on some of us who doing good. Oh, huh. It's the only thing they say to you. Yeah, don't forget where you come from. Don't, don't forget where you come from. But you won't let them know. Look, I haven't forgot where I came from. But I'm not going to act like I used to act. And see, you telling me that, watch this, won't make me lower my standard. Come on, y'all. It's good when you know you came out of poverty. You better watch yourself. But you also know I'm not trying to go back there. Now talk all you want to talk. 
He love money. That's it. They just love money. All they talk about is money. You a lie. But let me let me drop one on you. Yeah, the love of money is the root of all evil. But you can be a lover of money and have none. You can have plenty of it, but don't love it. Stop accusing people of loving money because you broke. Because I can do what you can't do. Don't think I love money. You love it. That's when you don't tithe. Matthew 15. See, see, your kinfolk can be some of your biggest critics. And sometimes they're your biggest critic because they don't like where you're at. They're going to be the main ones running your name down. Yeah, I'm just telling you the truth now. I ain't told nobody don't go around your kinfolk. So don't use me as the excuse. When they call you up, y'all coming to the barbecue or not? We need to know. No, nah, Pastor, we, we need to stop hanging with these kinfolk. My Pastor, hey, <laughs> you tell them something like that then two weeks later. Hey, won't y'all come church with them? You think they want to come up here and look at me? <laughs> and you got them thinking I'm controlling you like that? Don't use my name like that. Don't do me like that. I'm, I'm hated enough. If you out there, you say, well, pal, I thought you needed one more enemy. I need no more. I don't need no more. Matthew 15. I'm talked about in the city. I know that. Now notice what Jesus said in Matthew 15, 14. He says, listen, let them alone. Let them what? Now this is Jesus. He's looking at certain people. He's telling his disciples, probably pointing. That's just like me looking over there at them deacons and I'm telling y'all, let them alone. And they looking at me just like they looking at me now. <laughs> Deacon Kong, Deacon John looking at me like, why, why would he use us? <laughs> and I'm telling y'all, let them alone. See, even Jesus knew there were certain people you can't fool with. Notice the implication of the scripture. Let them alone. Lord, should we go witness to them? Leave them alone. Lord, should we go pray for them? Leave them alone. See, he's advising. There are some people God going to tell you, leave them alone. Woo! But he's going to explain it to them. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Tell you, neighbor, when you follow the wrong guide, you're destined for the ditch. Tell you, neighbor, when you follow the wrong guide, you're destined for the ditch. Y'all remember what Proverbs 14, 12 said? There is a way that seems what? Right. To who? To who? To who? But the end is the way of death or what? Destruction. See, the perfect guide will not lead us down a way because it seems right. 
But he's going to lead us down the right way. Not what seems right, but what is right. Has everybody seen Proverbs 14, 12? Is there anybody here this morning who hasn't looked at Proverbs 14, 12? Raise your hand real quick if you ain't seen Proverbs 14, 12. We all have seen it. Okay. Notice John 16. Notice John 16. I hope those of you who didn't raise your hand that you haven't seen Proverbs 14 and 6. 6. Of Proverbs 14, 12. Because the Holy Ghost wanted us to see it if somebody hadn't seen it. Notice John 6. I'm almost done. Notice John 16. I should say, excuse me. Notice John 16. We're talking about being careful who you're following. But now notice when it came to Jesus, the man in the earth. I want to show us something about Jesus, the man in the earth. John 16. Notice this. John 16. Notice verse number 7. John 16, 7. Nevertheless... I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Ghost, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Listen to me. I want us to think about what Jesus meant to the disciples as they followed him. I want you to think about that for a moment. Think about what it meant to literally get up every day and follow the perfect one. Think about that for a moment. So that meant whatever, wherever they needed to be, y'all hold on, all they had to do was be purpose to follow him. They was never going to be in the wrong place if they got up and said today, I'm going to follow Jesus. So when they needed to be in Capernaum, they was in Capernaum. When they needed to be in Galilee, they was in Galilee. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all missing this thing. Every day they depended on him to show them the way they needed to go. I want you to imagine literally if you could follow Jesus. Literally. See him. And then just, just simply follow. Get up in the morning not knowing where you're going, but you just got to listen to Jesus. Just got to listen to him. Say, look, get in the boat. It's time to go to the other side. When you got in the boat, got ready to go to the other side. Didn't even matter if a storm came and tried to stop you from getting over there. Because you followed. Because you're doing what he said do. Even the storm got to get out your way. To allow you to be where you need to be. He advised them. He taught them. Minister Sharika, every single day he taught them. Every day. So they have formed this connection with him. Following, listen, I can't break this down enough. Literally a man who is the God man who is perfect. Listen, Jesus knew everything. And all they did every day 
was follow him. Just following him. Then he says to them, this is what makes this so powerful. If, if, if you miss that, you won't get how powerful the Holy Ghost is in us. You remember what Jesus said? I believe what John 14 and 6. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. When they was with him, they had perfect peace. Listen to me, because he could rebuke anything that came against them. Even he could talk to the wind. I'm trying to close. But imagine being on a boat and it's storming out there. And all you got to do is wake up the perfect one. And he steps on board and looks at the wind at a storm and says, peace. Be still. And the storm ceased. Imagine that. Imagine looking out one day when you're in a ship and seeing a man walking on water. And you recognize it's Yeshua. And you say, my God, it's Jesus. It's my Savior. Listen, defying the laws of physics. So they had got so attached to him. Y'all remember how it was when you was younger? <laughs> I never forget. I can't remember what grade I was in, but I think around the fourth or the fifth. And I happened to befriend this guy. I didn't even know him. Me and him just became buddies. And at this particular school, man, they, 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 now these folk be crying about bullies. They really don't know what bullies were back in the day. People didn't call themselves bullies. They just beat you up. Whenever they felt like it. You didn't even call them bullies. They just beat you up. They beat up everybody. <laughs> but I, met, I, I got to be friends with this one guy. And I never knew about him, sister, that he could fight. He was the best fighter in the whole school. We was in the fourth and fifth grade, and he could beat up folks in the seventh and eighth grade. He was known in the high schools. And I was his friend. Well, I used to be scared. When I would be standing there and he'd get off the bus. Just walk behind him. One problem with him. He didn't come to school all the time. This dude literally set me up. <laughs> Cause folk would look at me when he wasn't there like now. Nah, nah. So imagine walking with Jesus. That's when a lot of times you would see the disciples being boastful and so forth. Look at who they was walking with. But then he says to them, look, I got to leave. Imagine how it broke their heart. But then he told them this, and a lot of church folk don't get it. He said, it is to your advantage. Wait a minute, Lord. As good as you've been to us, if you leave, someone better is coming. 
Someone's coming who's going to give us the advantage. Yeah, because the one I'm sending can lead all of y'all. He can be in all of you. Y'all just missed that. He's going to live in every believer who desires him to come in. But I got to go if he is to come. Acts 1. Acts 1. Acts 1. Watch this. I want to prove biblically. Because the Holy Ghost wanted me to prove biblically that Jesus did leave. Acts 1. And you got these folks out here. Well, I don't believe in the Holy Ghost. Hey, that, that's your problem. That's your problem and you got a serious one. I don't believe everybody need the Holy Ghost. Again, you got a serious problem. Acts 1, verse number 9. This is it. We're finna get out of here. Acts 1, verse number 9. Now when he has spoken these things, Jesus, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, watch this, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Listen, according to one writing, he was seen of above 500 men. Notice this. I'm showing you that Jesus literally departed into the heavens in front of them. Right in front of them, he ascended into the heavens. And two men told him, say, look. While y'all gazing up, while y'all looking at him, the same way he's leaving, he's coming back. Hold up. That same way. Who's going to be ready when he returns? But since he left, and it's recorded that he left, then when they get in the upper room, because he ascended, then he did what he said. He sent the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. They were in the upper room on one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. He filled the whole house. They began speaking in tongues and the Holy Ghost had his way. In that upper room. When they come out of that upper room, he continued having his way in them. He continued having his way in them throughout the book of Acts. And tell your neighbor, because the book of Acts is also about us. Tell your neighbor, like other books, the book of Acts does not end with an amen. Because it didn't stop there. Tell your neighbor the Holy Ghost is still using disciples today. So what we need to do in my clothes is to let 
him. Since he is here, since we have received him. If you're saved and you have not received him, we need to pray that you'll receive him. You need to ask for the Holy Ghost or the perfect guide to live in you. When he lives in you, I'm going to repeat it and be done. Let him. Let means allow something to be so. Allow him to lead you. Everyday life, allow him to lead. Allow him to advise us with everyday life. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you, listen, not into some truth, but in all truth. Let him advise us about everything that concerns life. Allow him to influence us. Allow him to teach us. Finally, allow him to correct us. If we do this and we follow the perfect guide, we will be productive in every aspect of life. If you follow the perfect guide, no question about it, you will be productive in every aspect of life. And tell your neighbor, over time, if you look and you see you're not productive in every aspect of life, in that area where you're unproductive, you need to follow him. Did y'all hear what I just said? I'm productive in every aspect of my life because there's no aspect of life, Deacon Hill, where I don't allow him to lead me. There's no aspect of life where I don't allow him to advise me. Do y'all hear me? Even if I have a dream, no matter how wonderful or how crazy the dream is, I allow him to advise me and lead me, even in reference to that dream. And I've had dreams, y'all, where the Holy Ghost told me, forget about that. <laughs> I'm trying to end on a good note. I said, I've had dreams while I'm working. I'm like, Lord, what was that about? Y'all ain't never had no dream like that? Well, you just wonder, like, what was that? And the Holy Ghost just said, hey, throw that away. Don't let that influence you. But then I've had dreams where the Holy Ghost let me know, don't ever lose this dream. Don't ever forget it. And he keeps it in my spirit. But listen, as I let it go. If, if over time, because when you come into God, it's going to take time for him to make you productive in every aspect of your life. Not that he can't do it, but we've just got to learn to listen. we got to learn to let him advise. We, m most of you, how many in here, by a show of hand, you would consider yourself productive in every aspect of life? How many? How many? A few? Okay. Raise your hand high. Don't be ashamed of it. I can't see your elbows. Okay. Okay, hands down. But now, didn't that take time for you to allow him or for you to learn to let him lead. Didn't that take time? So some of us is blessed financially. You handle money the way you do right now because the Holy Ghost teaches you how to handle it. Teaches you how to value it. Teaches you when to hold on to it and then he'll teach you when to let it go. Am I right? Some of you who don't save, <laughs> you don't listen to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the Holy Ghost will tell you when you got $100. Do not touch 40 
Sometimes he'll tell you that. Put $40 in a shoebox. See, I'm trying to close. Did they tell you? Pastor, we going through it. We ain't, we ain't got nothing. But you always don't have nothing. Why is the Holy Ghost not teaching you how? And see, some of us will Google. How much should a person save or what they make? How much do a person need in retirement? Why are you Googling that? And the Holy Ghost can tell you exactly what you're going to need. Where y'all going on vacation? How is that decided? How is it decided where you go on vacation? See, see, we'll be saved, get ready to go on vacation. We're like, hey, I ain't praying about none of that. Hey, let's just go. No, yeah, you can just go if he said, just get up and go, and I'll lead you. Don't pack no clothes. You'll buy them wherever you get there. So he can do that. But most of the time, he tells us, he's leading me to go to Florida this year. See, that's important because when I get in Florida, there are things waiting on me down now because that's where he put me. Okay, I'm done. Let's give him a hand of praise. I'm done. Come on, let's give. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.